Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trendy Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. First and foremost is always that housekeeping. Make sure you have logged on to our official website, TrendingTopicsWithBBPodcast.com. There you will find all the social media and relevant platform updates and deets to make sure you have found this podcast correctly. Because most people I know have just Googled Trending Topics with BB. And if you've done so, uh, this information will have come up as well. Also, I want to thank you listeners that are finding this podcast, that are enjoying this podcast. And if you are enjoying this podcast and you are a listener on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are giving this podcast a five-star rating and a great comment. It helps this podcast be found throughout the entire Apple Podcast room. And the same goes for all you Android listeners that are using Stitcher. Please give this a thumbs up and a great comment. This helps this podcast be found by more and more people, along with you spreading the word to your family, friends, and enemies uh, that will find out about this podcast as we keep going. Well, I am really stoked uh, to release this episode. Uh, this has been a long time coming. I've been working on um, logistically having this person be a guest, and lo and behold, uh, she came through the Phoenix, Arizona area uh, to play a gig, and thus I was able to attend and then chat with her afterwards. I'm talking about Christina Skye. Uh, she has been a DJ for a long time. I have been one of her fans for a long time. Uh, she has uh, fallen into the trance realm, but that is goes without saying, um, she knows her shit, and I was honored to have her be my guest on this podcast. As you will have realized, if you are a longtime listener, or if you are a first-time listener, uh, hopefully you will find out uh, what it's like to be a DJ, um, why we are so passionate as fans of electronic different styles of music uh, throughout this podcast. So without further ado, I give you my chat with Christina Sky. This episode of Trending Topics with BB is brought to you by Vibration. Vibration designs, hydration packs, fanny packs, and related accessories sure to make your musical festival and event experience the best. Their designer packs combine a backpack with a hydration system that will keep you hydrated and keep your stuff safe. Shop at vibration.com for your next pack and make sure to use the promo code BB Media Industries to save 10% on your order. Remember, Life's a party. Stay hydrated. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash trending topics with BB. Well, like I just said, thank you for joining the podcast. I'm glad. Um, finally, it's been a long time coming. I think I reached out to your team two years ago, but probably right after the last time I played here, which was July of two years ago. Right, and then I went to EDC that year, and then I think you played the pool party at Marquee. At Marquee, yep. But it was so chaotic that day. Super chaotic. Yeah. (laughs) 
especially being there all day. And I barely got there, like, right before I played, so I just kind of came into it, you know. Yeah, and you were the, like, they put you last. Yeah. There's a whole story about the whole Marlowe thing, but... Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I wanted to, to kind of chat because I, I think it's cool that you, you've stuck to your guns. I mean, you like trance, but I know that's not your, your love. And I, I like techno, I like house, I like as well. Um, what's cool is kind of the following you have and how it, a lot of people, you know, understand that you're about the music as well. Um, so what are your thoughts about kind of, I guess we'll get this out of the way. What is your thoughts about like trans fam and how it's going right now and, and I'm down for trans fam. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like there's house fam and prog fam. Yeah. Trans fam's a little uh, more dedicated, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I have no issues with it. I love it. Awesome. I think it's great. It's, you know, it's kind of like driving everything, you know, in, in, in all the little markets. I think trans family is definitely like a huge part of what makes it work in especially smaller markets like this. Right. Yeah, and I know we talked about how hard it is. I mean, we work, we're working on it, but like why it's, we are considered a small and it's, Arizona is really hard about like, everything is mainstream here. So it's like, yeah. the, the good stuff kind of comes and goes here. Yeah. And it's so hard, but like we kind of talked about you know how I mean you were it's like what two years since you were here last so July two years ago with Betsy Larkin right I remember that I was here for that so is it just because of the way promotions are or just kind of your own projects or you know I don't know it's probably more you guys would know better than me because you live here like it ebbs and flows you know well I mean we have promotion groups here but we're trying to do our own thing just because they they blatantly told us they don't like trance. They don't think it sells. It's not their money maker. Right. So, we, you know, we've been trying really hard to do our own thing, but it, I mean, it's slow going. And so um, it's been a local kind of crowd lately where we have, we, you know, it's the local guys that are here. And the, we have, like, um, first Fridays where people were mentioning earlier. It's been going for probably about six months now where we just, the first Friday of every month, we're down in, downtown at Barsmith. Okay. It's kind of a mixture crowd because they're known for house and techno there, but they just recently allowed us to go there for trans night. So. What night of the week? Fridays. Okay. Um, so, oh, first Fridays. Yeah. So um, that's been gaining some steam. So that's been cool because people would come out for that and it seems to mesh with the crowd that's there for the house and stuff so it's working but it, it's just it's still hard because it's like when they do bring somebody who's I guess bigger name or actually promoted um, it's harder because it's like people mentioned Maya it's not the worst venue it's just that it the crowds don't mesh like right like we're there for the music but then there's people there just just to be there. Just to be there. service, whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. Recently, we've kind of been getting burnt out on that because it's, uh, 
been interesting. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's cool. Another thing, um, I know you mentioned, I mean, you were in Europe for Luminosity and stuff, so going forward, are you, I know trance is your first love, but you, you like to expand, and I know that it's not going to be the same, so going forward, what are you looking forward to? Um, Anybody you want to collaborate with? Well, I am collaborating right now with a, a bunch of people, some I can't mention, but um, I just yesterday was finishing a track with Roger Shaw. Awesome. Um, I was supposed to be there for that show a few weeks ago, because I, I went to Iduna Beach, and then... Oh, for the OC show. Yeah. Yeah. You, we missed out. It was, it was pretty crazy. Well, Iduna Beach was crazy, and that's it wore us out. That, yeah. <laughs> I felt bad, because I was going to come see you, and then... It was, yeah, it was uh, packed. It was packed. I've never seen Circle like that, honestly. I've played there a few times. Um, but it was interesting, because... And Juno Beach was, you know, essentially sold out or whatever, but mm. then we were sold out. So there was enough people that had the energy to yeah. to keep going. It was a really good show. But I've known Roger for a really long time, and we've just now started kind of, like, working more closely together. Awesome. I think a lot of people don't really know... I feel like there's a lot of people new to Trent, which is cool, but I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't even know who Roger is, and I feel... No, you're totally right. I mean, he was kind of gone for a minute, you know, artists come and go, and or they, there's things that happen, and, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of like back, you know, full force, and uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the newer fans can find out who he is, and... I've been seeing the reviews from his shows, and they're going, you know, it's going very well. Like, people are really into what he's doing, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know. I don't know. Art, it's, it's tough. A lot of artists come and go. They take a break. They come back. Um, Roger's always been there, but uh, there's, like, these cycles that happen, you know. And now he's back in the loop and now a lot of new people are discovering him that's, well, that's, that's cool though it's yeah, like a rebirth so, kind of thing yes it's totally a rebirth and you know you can't expect everybody to know who you are especially if you weren't there when they started so you know he's really open to it and he's just trying to do what I'm doing which is just keep spreading the music you know however it has to happen and what, what are your thoughts on like there's still a lot of, like, a few and far between women in, like, trance. I mean, there's Nefra and a few others, but it's like, it's like the boys club all the time. I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, I wish I knew the answer to why it's like that. Um, the schedule is grueling. I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if women are just not into that schedule or... You know, it's not like we're in, like, a weightlifting competition, you know? Right. It's not like girls aren't on a an even plane, kind of. But there's obviously something going on because it's 98% men. So, yeah. um, I don't know, there's a lot of theories, you know. Yeah, okay. I don't know if it's because we're biologically wired to, you know, have children and a lot of the girls that get started. Like, I've known several girls that they started... And they were doing well, and then they had a kid, and then they just had to kind of 
do that, you know? Um, the, the few girls that are, like, touring, like me, don't have kids. I mean, that's, yeah. like, the common denominator. I don't know any girl that's touring that, that has a kid in our genre. There's a couple in techno. Um, so... I don't know. I wish there was more, but I don't really know how to... It's also, like, a technical thing, you know? And men and women are wired differently. Like, that's just a fact, right. you know? So, uh, it's all guesses, but maybe there's less women that are technically inclined or technically driven, and it's a big part of it now. So, if you're not into technology and staying with the times, maybe it's hard to be a DJ. I don't know. I've been doing this for so long that I, I can't really even say, like, what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. But ever since the beginning, there was always less women. Right. Interesting. I just... I, just I like feel like there's more now, but it's, like, really slow going. Hmm. So... I encourage it, but at the same time, I'm not exactly sure... You know why? I wish I could put my finger on it, but I don't know. Hmm. It's just you have to have a really thick skin, a really thick skin, and not to say that girls don't have that, but you know, it's, it's not like an easy industry to be in as a woman. It was just curious because I mean, you don't hear about a lot of women who are to this day. Just kind of, there's a few out there, but. It's just, it's just interesting because it's... Well, in, you know, like in Tech House and Techno, they're very accepting towards women for I don't know what reason, but for some reason in Trance, and I mean in Progressive, I feel like it's non-existent. Like, I can't even think of a Progressive, except for Sandra Collins. Um, and she's been doing that as, you know, forever. Right. But aside from her, I don't know any else that's in progressive that's a woman um, you have Nicole and yeah. Nina Kravitz and you know these other people that are in, in like the techno arena and it seems like the men in that um, in that genre for whatever reason I have no idea why are more open to women being part of it but for some reason in trance I don't know it's it's not as supportive of women a lot of the women in trance are vocalists right yeah that's what you and um and even they like you know it's it's not easy you know it's right. a battle to get your name on the record yeah it's a battle between featuring so and so female artist or male DJ producer and female artists, you know? Right. But it is starting to change a little bit. I mean, I see more male artists and female artists now than ever before. Yeah, I've seen a lot of releases lately. But for a lot of years, it was, you know, the female wouldn't even get a mention on the record except on the back end. You had to, like, look it up on these crazy websites. We have liner and, notes back in the day. Yeah, you know. So... But that would probably be a better question for guys, whether they would be honest about it, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I'm not really sure why it is that way. 
Yeah. I just think, I mean, I love this music my most of my life, so it's just, just seen less women over the years, and I've always wondered why. Yeah, and that was kind of, maybe it is because, like you mentioned, about families and schedule. The schedule is not, like, for the faint of heart at all, you know. I don't even know how some of the guys do it that do, like, way crazier schedules than me. I, like, literally have no idea how they handle it. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm just like, ah, this is hard, you know. Yeah. Little sleep, especially if you're not doing drugs and you're not, like, partying all the time, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, like, a big freaking question mark but I know that there's more girls doing it now than ever before so that's like the thing that I am happy about so hopefully it'll be on an onward and upwards yeah. projector it has to be well to kind of, I know you, you have uh, maybe you're going to meet I don't want it to go too long but let's talk about the group cruise since like, yeah. like I've been trying to go on it for years work has gotten in the way or family has gotten in the way and so it's just every I've had to cancel twice in the last two years when I had already was booked to go thwarted yeah um, but you're not the only one to tell me how you get addicted to it like you go once you go it's like you have to go to everyone from there is it just completely different than any other event out there? I know, I mean, there's so many different types of events, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not like any other festival, you know? Um, I mean, it's a cruise, obviously, so that makes it it's different. It's on a boat. Yeah. That's different, but, um, I mean, they were like the original party cruise, so all these other ones that have popped up, I won't get into names, but they're all just trying to tap into what Groove Cruise has been doing for 15 years. Right. You know, and, um... You can have a lot of money and a lot of power, booking power to get whoever. But it's hard to, like, replicate what Groove Cruise has built. I mean, because it was a really, like, organic thing when they first started it. It was like, you, you want know, a cruise where it's better music than... Yeah, well, it was like, they were like, cruise. oh, you know, there's... <laughs> like, this was, like, 15 years ago when dance music wasn't even big in, in America. And it was like, oh, a few of us like dance music. Like, it would be so awesome to be on a cruise ship doing that. And... And he literally just, like, you know, chartered, like, a portion of a ship. It wasn't so even a full cruise It wasn't then. even, no. Yeah. It was, like, there was no way. So it was, like, you know, 100 or 200 groove cruisers in one section of the ship with one block of rooms. And then they would be out, like, mixing with everybody else. And, uh... What's the goal here? Um... And uh, it would be, like, people, like, families, like, older people or, like, people with kids, like, shuffleboarding. Yeah, you know? I mean, I've been on other cruises when I was a kid, so. Right, you it, know, so it yeah. was kind of weird at first, and I wasn't there, but I've heard all the stories, and um, it just kind of slowly grew, you know, like, right. year by year, cruise by cruise, and then, like, finally when, like, the U.S. started to kind of blow up with dance music... They were right sense. there, yeah. and they've grown since then, and now they, instead of chartering a, a section of a ship, you know, they have the entire ship, and there's something pretty crazy about when you get, like, two to 3,000 people on a boat in the middle of the freaking ocean, um, listening to all sorts of different dance music, um, and they do these themes, 
and like when you first go on it you're like oh these themes like it kind of I don't know seems cheesy yeah it seems a little cheesy or something but then you go on and you see how deep like people go with it like costumes and yeah Yeah. and it's like you know I mean the closest thing that probably is out there that like the, the average clubber or raver like sees is like EDC you know because people kind of dress up a little bit but this is like next level you know to EDC and and well you're not going going anywhere your your room's like upstairs exactly yeah so you can so they have like two themes a day and um you know people come on with an entire suitcase full of outfits you know I mean you'll see anything from like a guy dressed in a top ramen Costume. He's a big box of ramen. That's fantastic. To like a huge human penis. Like, I mean, it's just, or whatever, like everything in between. I mean, I can't even like name all All the things. You have to be there. Like, you can't even predict it. You can't imagine it. You're just there, and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit. Like, everybody is going nuts over these themes. Right. You know, and the DJs don't really have to do it. Like, some of the DJs do. But mostly it's the group cruisers. Like, these are young professionals that are, like, escaping their serious lives for, you know, three, four, five days. And they go balls to the wall. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's like summer camp for adults. Like, but better. On steroids. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's literally like I, I say it and, it's, and and it itself sounds cheesy, but if you never go, you'll never know. Like you can see the pictures, you can, yeah, you know, you can hear stories from people, but like unless you're there, experiencing it, you literally have no fucking idea. That's, it's that's what I've heard from many people that have gone. Yeah, <laughs> I've tried. It's not a cheap trip. Yeah, you know, but um, but I mean, a lot of the festivals aren't really like. That not cheap. cheap EDC is really expensive when you think about the whole Vegas vibe. Yeah, and you're in the desert. Yeah, you know, this is like you're on a boat going through the ocean. You're having sunrises and sunsets. Like it's like beautiful, you know. Right. And then you're going to a destination, and they have things going on at the destination, whether it's Jamaica or the Bahamas or Cabo or Ensenada. You know, they take over a whole club or you know. And then all of a sudden you're like seeing Roger Sanchez like playing on some random beach in some, you know, one of these places. Um, so it's kind of surreal, you know? Right. Like it's not what you expect to see on a cruise ship. And then like while that's all going on, you can go mini golfing and go on a water slide and you can be in the gym and you can do yoga you can go to the steakhouse. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> That's fantastic. And you can literally just stumble back to your cabin. You know? There's no Ubers. There's no nothing. Yeah. You just... You're not going anywhere. You're on the ship. Yeah. Or, yeah. And there's no reception, really, like, a lot of the time. So, like, people really have to, like, interact with each other. Unplug. Yeah. I went yep. on a cruise years ago and it was I actually enjoyed those few days where I just didn't have my phone on because it was like yeah and they different. have they have Wi-Fi they have you can do it but a lot of people on Groove Cruise choose to just not mm-hmm. you know That's it's good. like it's kind of like um, you know like Vegas like what happens here stays here like but 
it's like that, but times a lot. That's fantastic. Well, hopefully one of these I'll finally get on. <laughs> There's proposals, you know. You have DJs that are just walking around, very approachable, you know. Like, we're all just kind of there, like, to hang out and there's not a lot of separation I mean there is backstages but they're very small and a lot of the DJs choose to go out and mingle and you know you could be like at breakfast and like be sitting next to Green Velvet you know that's fantastic you don't get that at like the other festivals no because it's all separated yeah so I don't know there's like a million things I could say about Groove Cruise but there's a reason why I've done it ten times this will be my tenth <laughs> And, I mean, I really had no... I had never even been on a boat, like, before that. Right. I mean, before my first group, because I had no idea what to expect, but... Do you prefer the, the West time, Coast or the East Coast one? They're just different. Because I've heard people have preferences, and I'm like, it all sounds they, like gravy to me, so... They do. I mean, it, it all depends on the lineup for the specific, you know, for the person, you know? I mean, um, Miami tends to be a little more, like, house-heavy, just because that's where it was born, and, you know... Um, but it's not even it, it, the music is is important, but it's like not even totally about the music. You know, the music is kind of like a second thing. It's just being on a boat with people you enjoy being with. Three thousand crazy people all dressing up, totally letting loose. You know, really not a lot of rules. Everybody's really like behaved yet totally out of control. It's like weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's it's unexplainable. You have to go there. It's crazy. Hmm. And this year, yeah, this year is the 15th year, you said, of their anniversary. Yeah, it's their anniversary. I've, you know, they've been doing it longer than I've been playing in it, so. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you guys have to go oh, to your... Um, so... Um, moving forward, what do you, like, cause my big thing is like when people talk about certain genres leaving and coming back, to me, I never stop listening to trance, I never stop listening to techno. Right. I mean, I listen to all kinds of music, but it's not like I ever stop listening to like, so is it, do you think there's, because of the way dance music has exploded in the U.S., do you think it's just people, there's certain people that... Because I've heard trance is a different genre compared to a lot of other genres in dance music. In, in what way? Of, in terms of passion and actually there for the music as opposed to the fame or the, the money. I know money's a... Listen. That's no, I know it's a music it's, business. It's a, it's a really romantic thing to think that the trance world d doesn't care about fame, but that's a total lie. There's people in every genre that are fame... Horrors, sorry to say it. Right. And there's people in every genre that are there for the love of what they're doing, you know? Like, it, it's... I would love to say that trance is, like, less, you know, fake than others, but it's that's not true. I mean, the reality is, is that there's a bunch of people spread throughout the whole thing that are doing it for the wrong reasons, and there's a bunch of people that are doing it for the right reasons, and it's really, like, up to the fans to kind of source that out, you know, like, to feel that out and... And uh, and figure it out, you know. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of very passionate fans of. I feel like maybe the fans are more passionate in, in trance. 
but I wouldn't necessarily like give it to the, the artists. I mean, I'm not trying to like whatever, but you know, I mean, I've met people across every genre that I feel are in there for the wrong reason, and I've met them across every genre that I feel are in it for the right reason, you know? So, I don't know. It's kind of tough to to nail it down to one. Yeah, it's just it's, it's interesting. I'm just Like, who, who has told you that is the question. Where has that come? Not who specifically, but where has that come from that you've heard that? Because I've heard it in by other people who have been in trance from the beginning. That, Fans? No. I've artists. Heard artists that... I mean, I've heard kind of the same. It's kind of what you said, more about the fans being passionate. But I've also heard that, like you said, there's some that are in it for the right reasons, some that have stayed true. Not I to mean, mention any names, but... Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is before dance music became commercialized in the U.S., Mm-hmm. around 2010-ish. Right. Anybody that was DJing, it didn't matter what genre you were in, anybody that was DJing before the explosion was in it for only the music. There was no money to be made at all. Not only was there no money to be made, but you were spending money on vinyl, on hardware for your studio. There wasn't, you know, Logic, Cubase, Reason, blah, 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 Soft Sense, you know, all the software that it, yeah. yeah it was like you know back then you needed to be seriously committed to whatever you were doing you had to spend a lot of money on it to get into it and because of technology it's made it very accessible to the average Joe or whatever which is great <laughs> because you have these awesome artists that are coming out of like the freaking woodwork that they couldn't afford the hardware they couldn't afford the vinyl but now they can you know they can just get a computer and whatever but at the same time, you you have these people that are also coming in that because they don't have to invest anything, it's very easy for them to try to do it. And then you have a bunch of, you know, you have a lot of posers too, you know? I mean, it's just the way that, that it is. Um, I, I really don't think it's genre specific. Like, back in the day, quote unquote, right. there was no money to be made. It wasn't cool. Nobody had cell phones. Nobody was, you know, pointing their cell phones at you while you were playing. You were in a dark corner. The sound system was, like, maybe whatever. You were there just because you were, like, trying to spread the music. That's it. You got nothing from it except, like, the moments on the dance floor, you know. There was no really other thing to gain beyond that. And now, you know, it's different. It's a lot easier to do certain things. So you have a lot of people that are getting into it for the fame or for the dream of the fame and that's fine everybody can have a dream but you know the the genuine part of it is like a little bit less than before because there's a lot of people that it's just so easy to get into that they can you know so I don't know I, I, I really attribute it to the there was no money to be made and now there is and so with any any business where there's money to be made, you're going to get people that are in it that are not genuine. That's just how it is. Right. Even I mean, something, I'm... even something like McDonald's. You know, back in the '50s or '60s, like you know, they were like the hamburger. You know, then it started like expanding. You start kind of using cheaper 
ingredients, you're trying to mass produce, you know, and things get a little bit um, changed along the way. Not uh, diluted, right? You know. So, I mean, whatever. We're we're past the good old days. The good old days are gone. Right. There's great days ahead, you know. But in the good old days, you kind of knew that every single person that was in it, whether it was a promoter or a DJ or a fan, that nobody was in it for the wrong reasons because it literally was not cool. Like, we were the freaks, you know? We were the rebels, we were the whatever. There was nothing cool about it. There was no big money to be made. And now it's just like a different thing. It's, there's, it's, it, there's a business aspect to it now that wasn't there before. So with anything where there's business, there's going to be people that are trying to capitalize right. on that, you know? And it's kind of, you know, just up to the artists to do their thing, and it's up to the fans to, like I said, to feel out who's genuine and who isn't and who knows maybe it doesn't even matter if you're genuine I have no idea you know there's lots of uh, artists that are that have their little things their gimmicky things you know and it works whatever marshmallow I mean you know but you know what I don't feed into that that's why I just that's you why I had to say you know but you know, there's, it's also like the gateway thing, you know? It's that's also true. like, it's also like random person that's never heard dance music before and somehow maybe they hear something from him on the radio or something and they're like, oh, this sounds cool. And maybe like it's not the coolest thing that they could hear, but it catches them, it's poppy or whatever. And then eventually they start kind of like digging deeper and then they find other things, you know? So it's like, it all has a, you know, it all has a place. Right. It's really up to every person to what what they do with it, you know. And what are your, your thoughts on, like, people calling EDC and all these festivals graves and, and how it's different than it, we talk about back in the day, but, I mean, I mean, a lot of, we know it here because a lot of, I know people that know people that were here when he was here, but Marcus Schultz started here in Phoenix, right. and that's when it was raving. Right. He had a record store here that he started way back in the day, and so, like, that's, but people now that are new to dance music are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to a rave, but you're like, you're going to EDC, which is totally different than in Vegas, you know what I mean? Well, it's like operator, you know? It's like somebody said, oh, it's a rave, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a rave. I mean, it doesn't make it true, but uh, it is still ravey. I mean, EDC is still ravey. It still has ravey elements to it, but it's also corporate. But every other festival is corporate, too. Most of them. I mean, even Burning Man. Yeah, Burning yeah. You know? I mean, even Burning Man. It's like now there's a wait list and you have to, you know, it's like you, who you know and can you get a camp? You know, this is just what happens when any little cool thing is discovered. It's exploited eventually. That's just how the world works. You know, there's no little hidden secret that stays hidden forever. So it's kind of the nature of the beast. You tap into what you want. You know, there's there's no big deal if there's really commercial festivals and people that 
that are fans that have heard it on commercial radio and they go there because of that. Because again, like I said, eventually they usually seek out a little bit more and maybe they find, you know, underground side trance or, you know, old school progressive trance. You just don't know, you know, it's kind of like out of our hands at this point. It's like a beast that's just blown up and people tap in and they do what they want with it. Awesome. So, I don't know. EDC is just an example. But, I mean, EDC was one of the original raves, so you can't take away from that. It's just... Well, no, it's just... Not it's, you, personally, but, you know. I mean, I honestly, I've attended EDC, so I'm, I'm not trying to... When I, I'm just getting at, like, people in their terms and kind of... Well, they don't know, but you know what? How can they know? You know, if you're if you're a noob in the scene and somebody told you they're taking you to a rave and it's EDC Vegas, yeah. I mean, you don't know anything else. You know, like so, you eventually figure it out as as you put time into the scene. You know, if you just are like a person that comes to a couple shows and and you go on to other things and whatever, you maybe you know, but like once you put time and you kind of start to figure out like what is what, you know, so. And there's, like, ravey parts about EDC. There's the main stage, and then there's all these other stages that are obscure and whatever. So, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. But I think it's all good overall, because there's more people now than ever that are listening to dance music. And this is what the DJs in the dark corners envisioned. I don't know if we envisioned it. Like, we, like I was part of that, and it was, like... We just wanted to spread this music that we love to people that didn't know it. We weren't really thinking about, like, what could happen with it, you know? So it's kind of like this thing that happened that it's a little different than maybe what we thought it was going to be. But at the end of the day, there's more people listening to it now than ever. And eventually those entry-level people, the people that start out with EDM, which is, you know, kind of a fake... Moniker. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, in the MySpace days, let's go way back. Yeah. Very early in the MySpace days, you, you could put like a little tagline or whatever. And my tagline was electronic dance music is a lifestyle. And the reason that I put that was because in America, nobody really knew yeah, so about yeah. dance music. So I was kind of trying to describe to them what EDM is. Elect- just so you know, it's not just techno, quote-unquote. Yeah. It's electronic dance music, and it is a lifestyle. you know. And that was like my thing. And then all of a sudden, like 10 years later, after I had that tagline, EDM, quote-unquote, became a genre. It's not a genre. But, you know, like, what are you going to do, right. you know? So eventually, if people stick around long enough, they figure out that... That's kind of like a... Because I just... I remember back then when we didn't really have a distinct difference between subgenres. Like, I mm-hmm. never... Back in the day when I discovered it, I never was like, oh, this is trans, this is techno. I was just like... Oh, because everything is, was blended. Yeah. I was just like, oh. I, you paid attention to who the artist was and the track. Yeah. I mean, it's still paid attention to now, but less, in my opinion. Because back then it was like, okay, this is a Paul Oakenfold record. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and they played everything. Yeah. The lines were very, very blurred back then, you know? I don't know exactly when it became so divided. Maybe in the mid-2000s. 
for America. I, I don't. I can't really speak for Europe, but um, yeah, it was very open back then, and DJs could play a drum and bass record, and a house record, and a trance record, and they didn't even know what the hell it was. You know, it was just good, good music. So. Um, I was just kind of distractor. <laughs> the ultimate distractor. <laughs> you don't you have a phone? Yeah, we just crashed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, remind me. No, well, we were just kind of talking, you know, different how it wasn't genres. Oh yeah, right. The how it didn't matter. Yeah, the yeah. lines. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people, you know want to be part of like a group it's kind of like the natural thing to do I think now like at this moment the lines are kind of becoming a little more blurred again it may not seem like it just yet but you have I'll just throw a random example out there you have a Nina Kravitz playing Energy 52 Cafe Del Mar pitched down, you know, in a Ibiza or wherever it was, and all of her quote-unquote techno fans are like, oh my god, what is this record, you know? It's like, oh, haha, it's a trance record, slow down. Yeah. You know, you thought you hated trance, but you actually don't, you know? So I think everybody's becoming a little bit more open to, like, kind of playing from other stuff. Um, I think from, like, 05 to 10 it was kind of very divided um, I mean, you think it's, it's because you know generally sets are a lot shorter than unless it's unless too. it's an open to close totally like, that's obviously I got a tattoo because of 11 hour open to close I went to like and that the journey you go on I mean like yeah 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 the journeys are gone with the festival sets you know it's all about packing in as many DJs as they can 45, 55, an hour and 15 minute sets. So I think DJs kind of feel a little more constricted and um, you can't really do as much, uh, you can't go as broad as you would maybe want to in an hour and 15 minutes. It's like technically just not as possible. It's possible, but um, it's not as easy as if you have a three or four hour set, you can really go on a journey. Right. So, yeah, I think people kind of had to pick a pick a lane, you know. Some of my closest DJ friends that I won't, you know, whatever get into, but they've told me they're much bigger than me. They're like, you got to narrow your you got to narrow your sound down, you know, because people like can't handle this broad like spectrum. And they might be right. I have no idea, but I don't come from a place where I was ever restricted like that you know so for me I'm just still playing whatever kind of like you said like the old PVD open floor whatever Matt Dairy mm -hmm. you know whatever is good play it figure it out you know whatever but um the festival sets are definitely 
li limiting to the artist's like actual like creative vision. I mean, I, I guess because I've listened to a lot of sets and seen a lot of sets on YouTube and stuff over the years, you can see the difference. Like if you watch it on YouTube or something, you can see how you know people aren't. They're just up there, and it's like sometimes I see I don't I see them be like. Oh, I wish I could play this record, but I have to right. play this record. Right. Because this is what's on the radio right now. Yep. Or You're expected to play certain hits of yours or whatever. I mean, for me, it's different because I didn't come from a producer background. I came from a DJ background. So for me, I'm not, like, uh, limited to playing just my own tracks. Like, I just play whatever is great. But, like, a lot of producers turn DJs, like, you know, the tracks that made them famous or that made them well-known. Um you know, they feel like they have to play those records, you know, even if they're three years old. And then if they don't play them, they get a lot of shit for it. It's like you can't really totally win. So, I don't know. It's, it, there's no rule book for this, you know. You kind of got to, like, just feel it out for yourself. Because I also, I mean, you've mentioned it, but I, I don't know. I've experienced it, the transition in, in Vegas itself, when it's not like an EDC how back in the day, Vegas used to be where you would kind of go in the U.S. It didn't, it didn't matter, but now it's just, it's such a money crazy place that it's about residencies and, like, who's playing. Because I remember when I saw DJ AM there before he passed, uh -huh. and he just played whatever he wanted. He yeah. didn't care, and it was not... Well, because it wasn't all reliant on, like, bottle service and whatever, and, you know. I mean, it still kind of was beginning then, but... Again, not he like was, now, though. Yeah, he was just all about that open format. I'll play what I want. I'll play what I like. And it was probably one of the best sets I had ever witnessed in Vegas because it wasn't kind of like the 15-track thing right. that was happening at the time. Totally. I mean, I remember when I played uh, Marquee when they first opened, and they literally said, like, I was playing, like, one of the first opening nights at Ferry Corson, and they said... Um, you need to play all vocal tracks. Every single track has to be a vocal. And I love vocal tracks, but it, I don't typically play every single track vocals, like, mm -hmm. you know. But that's, like, what they wanted for whatever reason. I had to do it, and other DJs, I'm sure, are in the same boat that I was. You know, you're given kind of this direction, you have to do it, and otherwise you don't get to come back. So you have to kind of find the balance uh, of, like, making the promoters happy they're the ones paying for it. They're investing in it. But then you also want to make the fans happy, you know. So, I don't know. I think the DJs that do the best, they're the most successful, I guess, in a, in a sense, not money-wise, but, like, crowd reaction. I think that they're the ones who figure out how to satisfy both, you know. Um, because you can be, like, a badass and just play your set. But then you, like, won't end up back at that venue, you know, because they wanted something else. So you have to kind of float between the two. You have to find a happy medium. Yeah, I noticed that a couple of years when I saw Armin at Omnia. Yeah. And he played Snoop Dogg. I was like, wait a minute. Right. Am I at a Snoop Dogg? Oh, wait. It's Vegas. Yeah. And the crowd went wild, and I was like, obviously you don't even know that this is Armin Van Buren. Right. And this is he's known for trance. And so I kind of looked at but my friends. But maybe he plays the Snoop Dogg, and all these randoms that don't know dance music are like oh snoop and then the next record is whatever something totally not pop and then they're like oh i like this too you know so it's all about like kind of 
Reeling them in? Yeah, hook, line, sinker, whatever, you know. Like, you try to just throw out these lines and you see what people respond to. And, and it's really a crapshoot. There's no rule book. There's no thing that's like, here's how you become a famous oh, no, DJ. I know. You know. It's just curious. It's here, it, you know, as a fan, sometimes we have our own perspective. And being that I'm, I'm not a DJ and I'm not in it for that, I just love the music. I'd like to get people's actual perspective because, you know, people like to say crap on, and now with the internet, it's just, oh, I know this person that knows this person, and what? And, and I don't like, I prefer for people just to be straight up about things instead of, to an extent, you know what I mean? Totally. Um, so, the, yeah, that's kind of a big reason why, you know, I wanted to get your perspective on things, and... I like to talk to people that maybe some people might think they shouldn't, but I mean, I value everybody's opinion. I don't, I don't, well, I don't just be like, oh, they're a big name. I only want to talk to them, you know, you know no. Right. <laughs> and and I mean, well, who I knows come... if my perspective is accurate or not? It's only my experience, you know. Right. That's the thing about it. It's awesome. totally subjective. So. All right. Well. Thanks um, for joining me. And no problem. Thanks for coming out. Uh, and you're in the heat. Yeah, well, I live here. So as much as I don't like it, I'm used to it at right, this point. Right. And if, if I'm going to see trance, I go for trance, and I go for, to support people who I support. So, Well, we appreciate it. That's the one thing I will say about trance is that there's not that many people that show up that are, like, there to be cool because it's not – you know, typically I could the care cool less about genre. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not the trendy genre. Although sometimes it is. It, you know, depends. So we, we appreciate it. Awesome. And so you're found on Instagram at Christina Sky. Everywhere. Yep. Everything is pretty much Facebook is Christina Sky official, Instagram Christina Sky, SoundCloud Christina Sky, Mixcloud Christina Sky. Cool. Awesome. Twitter, Christina Sky. <laughs> awesome, yeah. All right, well, thanks again. No problem. Thanks, man.